would just echo, I, I think at this moment, best player, best team, it's, it's Brianna Stewart. And then you look at Atlanta, right? They're second yes. best team in the league. They've won eight straight. How do you pick an MVP off that team, though? I mean, I think you'd say the MVP would be their defense. I mean, their defense has been incredible. Yes. Or Nikki Collins. Yeah. And then whatever, 10 days into um, – 10 days into July, suddenly their offense kicked in. Yeah. But it's, I mean, I think their MVP has been their defense. And then you look, I mean, at Minnesota, at Phoenix, at LA, um, you know, those teams, Washington, that are bunched all together there. If any one of those teams were to make a run, there's a deserving candidate on each and every one of those teams. So this is one of those situations where, and I don't know how the league's gonna do it, but when they send out their, their ballots for MVP, I hope they wait as long as humanly possible because (laughs) sometimes you feel like it comes too early. I mean, like even the all-star stuff this year felt like it came too early uh, because we had to have them in by whatever, sometime in early July. And then Atlanta ripped off eight straight and and so on. Like, does that change with what's that? Biggest snub. And so if if you send those, if, if you, if you vote on those later, maybe does that change? You know what I mean? Um, but there's also there's many components to it. There's the fan vote, the everything else. Um, but anyway, Stewart, and then we'll see what happens. There you go. Uh, I'll go. Um, to me, it's Stewie simply because no other team has had someone who has been so dominant in every facet of the game yep. from day one to day 24. 25, wherever we're at right now. Um, Stewie, even games where she's not getting her buckets, she's assisting, she's rebounding, she's doing other things. There's no other player, and I don't say this very lightly, there's no other player in my mind that is near, like kind of what you said, it's it's Stewie and then everybody else. Because every team, like for instance, LA, when Candace goes down for a couple games, NECA was in MVP form. Then when NECA goes down for a couple games, Candace is an MVP form. And uh, I love the Lynx. No one on their team right now is MVP worthy. Just saying it because Maya had eight amazing games, but then had a couple down games. Sylvia's had a couple down games. Stewie has just been consistent throughout. She's got my vote. And, yes, shout out to biggest snub WNBA history, uh, Tiffany Hayes. Yes. (laughs) And Natasha Howard. Oh, yeah. Can we talk about, yeah. Big, big. Well, no, we're after this one. Well, let her say her. I'll keep this really well. I don't know. I can't do it. Um, most of you in this room probably know who I want to pick as my MVP. If you actually know anything about me. Um, I love Liz Cambage. Yeah! Yeah! My issue with this year, more than any year that I think we've seen, is as wide open for an MVP candidate as we've ever seen in the league. So to sit here today, and I agree with everybody, it's Brianna Stewart. Right now, if we had to pick, right now, this moment, Brianna Stewart is MVP of the league. Um, I think that could very much change. We've seen every team really hit a peak and a valley. And it is very possible that Seattle will hit a valley. Um, so they may not, but they may not. But but Seattle, Seattle's rolling right now. They're doing a tremendous job. What they have been able to accomplish, you can't deny it. You can't deny it. Um, so Brianna Stewart wins it today. 
a month from now. I don't know what that looks like. Or three weeks from now. Um, Liz Cambage has the potential. For me, I was a post player. I, I like get that. It's like my breed. Okay, so that's probably why I'm so obsessive with her. And just so, just to explain to everybody. But she is a dominant force that the WNBA has never seen before. Mm -hmm. At 6'8 and 230, whatever it is, she's like Shaq. Um, and, I, and what she's doing has just been so tremendous and what she's brought to the WNBA and just her personality and what she's doing. That's not, that's not the means for an, for an MVP candidate. Um, I think it will be determined how Dallas finishes. Um, yep. And they are very inconsistent and they've got the talent to go do it, but can they do it? We'll, we will see. This candidate, whoever wins MVP, is, it's going to be determined by you know, how the team finishes overall. Uh, we're going to turn to the crowd for a few questions. Yeah, yeah you have to take the mic. Yeah, take the mic. Minnesota nice. Um, 
So I'm Thaisa. I was born and raised in Milwaukee. Um, yeah, I went to school in Madison, Grove Badgers. Um, <laughs> but I went to um, some, a women's basketball game um, on Valentine's Day, my junior year. And this was after back and forth, um, just following certain women's basketball teams. Um, that's what really made me realize, just being there in person, seeing the team play as they do, um, it just made me want to watch it more. And again, like you said, wonder, like, why do people hate this? Like, why is no one coming out to support these teams? Um, and then, fast forward a few years, I um, started seeing someone who is here and uh, lived here at the time when I was in Madison. Hi, Addie. Um, <laughs> She, um, so I was, I would visit here, um, before I moved up here, and I would follow the links, and I noticed just how dominant they were, um, and I just wanted to, now that I have the time to write, um, I want to get as many people interested in the WNBA as I can personally, um, I heard my nephew, my little nephews watch it now because they love basketball. I was just like, that's the best thing ever. Um, so, <laughs> this is great, yeah. Um, so, just getting as many eyes on the WNBA as I can um, because these players are good and they deserve, they deserve fan support. I know you all know that, but that's the case. Um, I was born in Colorado but raised in the Twin Cities and kind of yeah. how I got into this was uh, ever since I was a little, little kid, I've wanted to be an NBA broadcaster. Um, it was something that I was probably about seven, eight years old. Um, I had that dream. I decided to follow it uh, everywhere. And so through college, through working in small town radio, bouncing around a little bit, covering high school sports, covering college sports, I finally landed a job uh, with the Minnesota Timberwolves. And it was uh, the producer job for the Timberwolves Radio Network. And then when that season ended, they said, oh, by the way, we also do the Lynx games. And I was like, okay. Um, and so in 2008, that was my first season covering the league. It was very much like, how do we cover this league? What do we do here? We didn't know, you know a whole lot about it, but luckily Alan Horton, who was our play-by-play -play voice at the time, was coming from Seattle. He had covered the storm. So, Alan sort of introduced me to the WNBA, and Alan takes on everything as an incredible professional. Uh, and he went into covering those WNBA games the exact same way that we cover the NBA games. And, you know, as a byproduct, as a producer, that's exactly what I did. And so we just went after it. And I think in 2012, uh, he transitioned away from doing road games. And so I took over doing the road games. And just, you know, it, it was an opportunity for me to follow a dream that I had as a kid, you know, this big, but in kind of the vein that I never even knew existed. You know, at the time when I was had this dream, there wasn't a WNBA, there was the NBA. Um, and then even going through college and stuff, you didn't realize that this was something that you could pursue, that you could have this opportunity, that you could follow your dream of covering professional basketball in the WNBA versus the NBA. And so to me, it was really eye-opening that there are great opportunities here. There are people who, whether you want to write, whether you're passionate about basketball, whatever it is, you can find that covering the WNBA. And as a byproduct, you realize 
how important this league is. And, and as we've talked about all night, about how great the you know the players are, the stories of the players, the parity in the league, the competition in the league, the talent in the league, all those things, the more you immerse yourself into it, the more you realize why aren't more people paying attention to this? Amen. Absolutely. And I think that's really kind of, you know, that was uh, one of the more eye-opening things for me is just realizing, wow, this is, I, I never knew this opportunity existed. And that's, again, one of the reasons why I'd love to see more teams have radio because it's an opportunity. Like, the number of people that come to me and say, <laughs> I want to do what you do. I'd say, well, I wish I could tell you there's 11 other teams that have this opportunity because there should be. Um, and, and it opens doors for people, and then it gets more and more people talking about it. And so, you know, I really think that everybody in this room that's passionate about it, everybody who's covering this league, whether it's, you know, for a major media outlet or whether you're doing it on your own and you're paying your way, like, there are such great opportunities here, and that impresses me so much because for me, I was just very fortunate. And then the deeper I got into it, the more you realize how important it is. And you know, here we sit. Woo! Yeah! Uh, that's also my name, also. Yeah, sure. Uh, R.A. Schwartz, right now. Um, I'm from SLP, St. Louis Park. Yep, yep. The, the Orioles, if you will. Um, grow that's a suburb of Minneapolis, for those who don't know. Um, and growing up there, uh, I mean, single mom, two younger sisters, wanted someone for them to look up to, to have like role models that look like that. So, like me personally, I always look for redheaded role models growing up. <laughs> and there wasn't a lot, so like I completely understand that. And then when I had two younger sisters, I was like, got them little lacrosse sticks and I wanted them to be lacrosse stars or get them a little basketball and they could be WNBA stars. Um, none of us are good at sports. But, uh, so yeah, I started like that and just obsessed with the W. And if you're, uh, if you're in Minnesota and you don't know about the Lynx and the amazingness, the only championships in my lifetime, the Woo! most winning Minnesota sports team in Minnesota sports history, and some of the nicest athletes you'll ever come across. So I, I don't, like, I don't think there's a reason we need to justify why we're fans, but no. to tell the story, it's cool. <laughs> So polite, to be honest again. Um, from uh, born in Maryland, uh, raised in North Carolina, Minnesota is actually Minnesota is my seventh state I've lived in. Um, so it's been a kind of I'm from everywhere I suppose. For me, going into college, I was a my basketball style as a, a six six one male. I, I have like a the heart of a six ten post player, but. <laughs> Tough, right? So, um, so it, it was never in the cards for me to to play at any level of significance. So when I went to college, I went to a small Division One school in North Carolina, and shout it out, Blake. Uh, Gardner Webb University. And um, when I got there, quite honestly, I was bored because I wasn't playing sports anymore. And I, I saw a flyer that said male practice players needed for the women's basketball team, and I was like, oh. I don't know what that means, but okay. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, you know, I go over, I meet the coaches, and, and long story short, we spent four years doing that, and, and my, that team had, went to the NCAA tournament our senior year, uh, and the more I went to practice, and more I got my butt kicked, I was going, man, these, these women are good. Like, they're, they're not like good for women, like they're really good, like period. And so I started hanging around film sessions, I started hanging around practice afterwards, and Fortunately for me, it, it turned into a job. I got hired as a college basketball coach at 21 years old, straight out of college. So 
Um, you know, and I, I worked my way up and was coaching Division One basketball for five years. So, for me, you go through that. You know, I met my wife in coaching. We were in the same league. We met because of that. I, I've I've gone to Hawaii. I've gone to Mexico. I've gone to Canada. I've gone all these places because of basketball. So I owe women's basketball. Like I'm indebted to the sport. So for me, it's not a question of why or if. It's like I, no, I. It's given me just. It's given me my life. I mean, honestly. And so for me, it's I. I, I will spend the rest of my life trying to pay it back. And, and and very much like you, John, is it's just it's basketball, right? It's just. Yeah, it's women's basketball. It's, it's basketball. I love sports. <laughs> like, I, I just love sports. So why why would I not? It's it, they're incredible. So for me, that's why I'm passionate because it's it's given me so much, and I will spend the rest of my life trying to pay it back, and I'll never I'll never get to that level. Mm. I wish we could go around the room and ask everybody kind of why they're passionate about women's basketball. Um, because I think it's just been fascinating even for me to sit back and listen to you guys. Thank you for sharing it with everybody because it's amazing how our, our walks of life have been completely different and same with you guys. But for me, um, it's a little, it's probably a little simpler just from a standpoint of, um, well, first off, I'm from Bloomington, Illinois. Well, okay. ISU, yes, Illinois State. Um, I, my first words out of my mouth was bakaba. Um, <laughs> fun fact. So I grew up, basketball's my first love. Um, that's a fact. Uh, bakaba, not dada, bakaba. Um, so basketball has been my first love. It is my greatest love. Um, I just like Blake, I love what you said. I owe everything in my life to basketball. I've seen the world because of basketball. I started my business because of basketball. I've, in this room with all of you amazing people because of basketball. So um, I used to, I used to be, you know, I was I think like six, and I would go out and I would pretend to be Michael Jordan, <laughs> and I would work on my fadeaway with my tongue out of my mouth, and, and then, and then the WNBA came along, and I would go out in my driveway after watching the Comets play, and I would pretend to be Cynthia Cooper, and then I grew really tall, and then I pretended to be Tina Thompson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was a post player, and I, I I played overseas. I played in different countries. Like I said, it's it's um, Hall of Fame. <laughs> um, I played it, and I coached it, and I I've, I've watched. I've helped girls, you know, from a very young age, kind of come into their own and develop into their own. And so everything in my life is encompassed around women's basketball, um, and I'm passionate about it from about every. Standpoint. I think the only thing I haven't done has been a referee, and nobody wants to see that happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, it, very, very much to what Blake was saying. You know, I'm, I played it, I coached it, I love it, and I feel in my mind, um, I don't care how much I have to spend or what I have to do if I can help grow this and make this bigger. Um, so maybe some young girl out there in her driveway pretending to be Asia Wilson can have an opportunity. That's that's what I want to do. It's it's not about me. It's not about us. It's about the love of this game and for opportunities moving forward in the future. And um, that's how I truly feel about it. So I'm just trying to be a servant. I'm trying to give back. And it's, it's given me my life, truly. So we're, we went way over. Um, totally fine. Hope you guys are enjoying. We do have a few uh, giveaways. Yep. So Blake has some, some 
Blake, just yeah. yeah. <laughs> just Blake. I don't know what the giveaways are, but I've got just the questions. Blake. So trivia questions. Okay. Uh, put yeah. Put your phones down. No cheating. No cheating. All right. Yeah. Hand, yeah hands up. Um, I guess we can do a hand raise. All right. Yeah, fastest hand raise. So you guys, please help me in uh, in selecting those hands. Oh, uh, we already got a hand up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, who is the WNBA's all-time leading three-point leader in terms of percentage for her career? So all-time. Y'all not gonna get this in three-point percentage. WNBA.com. WNBA.com. Wrong. As according to WNBA.com. Who who was that? Who was that? Chris Oliver, who is currently in second place all time. Ooh. Just point two. Almost there. Good guess. Minimum attempts? Uh, minimum attempts of 800. Are you serious? Yes. Who was that? Becky Hammond. Becky Hammond, good guess. No, she's in the top 10, though. Jasmine? <laughs> if, if I have to start giving hints, I can. All right, it is, it is not a player currently in the league, so that should help. Cynthia Cooper, no. Nope. That was cold blooded, dude. No. Uh, okay. You are wrong. A player who has played recently. She has played within the last three seasons or something. Tamika Catchings, no. Good guess. Who's that? Say again. Oh, you're going to say that too? Nope. Okay. Um, this player has won a championship before. Don Staley. Don Staley, no. Good guess. Katie Douglas. Katie Douglas is top five. Good guess. She, I'm going to keep giving us. Right here. Carol Lawson is correct. Yay! Hey, poetic justice, a mystic shirt. Carol Lawson, her last name with mystics. 39% Carol Lawson for her career. Tolliver is at 38.8%. I know. That surprised me, too, percentage-wise. So cool. she could break it. So, so Tolliver is within range. If she does what she did tonight for the regular season, then uh, she, might, she might break it. Yes. Yep. So we got another one, right? You're, this is correct information, right, Meredith? You think so? Okay. According to Meredith from Bleacher Report, that's where this information is. Uh, who is the only other player besides Maya Moore to win three straight WNBA All-Star Over there, right there, the black It was here. Lisa Leslie. Yep, count it. Congratulations, Lisa Leslie. Over here. Far left. Better know your stuff, girl. We see. That Carol Lawson thing, I, you didn't know that, did you? <laughs> I didn't either. I didn't either. I didn't either. Um, feel free to nag us, ask us more questions, anything like that. We just don't want to make you sit here and look at us anymore. Rachel does have one final closing remark. Uh, I just want to thank everyone for coming because when we put this together, we thought it was a great idea, but I honestly didn't think anybody would show. So thank you for coming uh, and supporting the game. And I hope this comes a tradition and we'll all see you in steamy Las Vegas next yes. year. Just to kind of echo off um, Ariane and, and everybody up here, I just want to say you guys got to listen to us talk, um, but the true growth of this league everything we're trying to do, um, everywhere it's it's going, is because of you guys in this room. You represent something far greater than um, just us up here, if you will. 
Um, it's, you know, we, we maybe get to be the voice in certain aspects, but you guys are the ones at the games. You guys are the diehards. You guys have been there since day one, and you continue to be there, and it continues to grow. Keep bringing a friend. Keep bringing somebody along with you, a cousin or somebody or, or a friend on the street. Um, like I said, we get to be up here and, and talk a little bit, but, like, this room is, is very much about all of you guys. So thank you, and, and, again, let's just keep doing what we're doing. It's, it's happening, guys. It is.